Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead in the Kilmore. Crone draws clean out from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beat Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back for the final time this season to the Mock Sports Presents the Quaddy Potty. My name is Mitchell Cashmore, and as always, joined by fellow founder of the Mock Sports, Nick Island. How are you, my friend? Good, mate. Always happy to be here, and it's a it's a big week this one for us. Um, the last round of the tip off, and it's a it's neck and neck, isn't it? Yes, it is. We're coming in completely tied, tied a piece. Uh, it'll be the final two races, the Champagne Stakes and the All Age Stakes, to uh, bring it down to who will be coming out the tipper of the autumn. Uh, of course, I won tipper of the spring, and you're looking to take the mantle back as uh, King Mock, but uh, it's going to be very interesting. It will be definitely for sure, won't it? Yeah, 100%. It's going to come down to the big races this week, so um, we'll see how it goes. Yes, but before, as always, we like to cap off the week that was in racing, and my goodness, what a weekend it was uh, last Saturday for the Championships Day 2. A lot of big controversies coming out of it, a lot of big shocks. First order of business, let's get the, you know, address the big elephant in the room, the track. Should it have been raced on, in your opinion? Oh, they stayed on in the end, and it was it was good to see. Um, and, yeah... Look, you can't cancel a big day like that. It just it wouldn't be the same getting rescheduled like you said last week. Um, but yeah, it's it was it was a tough track to ride on by the looks of it. But it it showed some some skill from the jockeys, right? Like um, the big one, obviously, think it over, winning the Queen Elizabeth that we'll, we'll touch on in a second. Um, the Brennan Ab- Abdullah getting getting the smarts to use a different part of the tra- track. It was amazing. So, I don't know. I think it brings a bit more tactics into the game, a bit more smarts, and it was good to see, in my opinion. Yeah, you saw, like you just touched on, you saw the likes of, you know, of Dallard, J-Mac, Berry, and then, of course, you the, the right of the century with Nash Rawilla on Think It Over. They were all trying different things, and in the end, Nash came out on top with just a peach of an absolute ride there. But I think, you know, despite the fact that that was incredibly skillful, that he was able to acknowledge that the fence was almost completely dry. And so if he was able to get his dry tracker all the way over that onto that fence, he would find a super fast lane that he'd be able to zoom down. That's exactly what he did. Credit to Nash. You, you won't see a better ride anywhere. And if you claim to have, you're a liar. But I think the fact that they had to go that wide to find a dry deck is a bit of a testament to the way the track was playing on the weekend. Yes, it was safe enough to ride because, of course, they got through the whole meet without any safety issues, and that's why it went ahead. But just because it was safe to ride on, I don't think it means it should have been ridden on. I think maybe it, they should have delayed it 24 hours, sent it back to um, maybe Sunday. Then it would have been playing out on a genuine soft 7, heavy 8, instead of a heavy 10 that was actually really a heavy 13. I just think that out of the, you know, for the benefit of racing, I think, you know, you saw there were 40, 30 doll horses getting up everywhere, you know, when the likes of Animo and Very Elegant couldn't even factor into races. Um, there, were, there were other examples throughout the day of horses that, you know, should have been showing their talent, but they just couldn't because they were bogged down by the absolute swamp that Randwick was. 
So it was disappointing to see, but I mean, it is what it is. That's racing. They saw the opportunity to race. They got it done and it produced one of probably the best moments that it'll go down as the best moments of the year with that think it over ride. But like I touched on, uh, Animo and Very Elegant, what were your thoughts, how they completely came up the rear? I think Very Elegant came fifth and Animo came dead last in that Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, good horses, not running too well. Um, usually Very Elegant is a very good grand final horse. Um, so it's a bit interesting to see, but um, yeah, you can't fact them out. They're still gun horses that um, we're going to touch on a, both of them in a second as well, I say. But, um, yeah, it was just interesting to see both those two horses, probably debatably two of the best in the country, doing so poorly. Yeah, that's for sure. They've come out and said that they might be retired now because of it. Um, Tommy, Be- um, Tommy Berry uh, came out and said after the race, uh, didn't handle the track at all and lost complete confidence once he ran around that bend and there was... The, the the horse sensed it. The horse just backed off completely going around that bend, did not like the track whatsoever, and hence, you know, didn't come home at all. J-Mac came out and said very elegant, tried really, really hard, but again, didn't really take to the conditions as much as they thought she would, and that the fact that she's not quite at her best as as they thought she was as well. And, you know, uh, rumours have come out that Animo might be retired just purely because he's such a rich horse. He's already won a lot of prize money. He's going to cost a hefty, hefty fee at the stud barn if they move him to stud, which they want to do. And so they'd only be moving him now purely just to not damage his stud fee any further. And similar with Very Elegant, but Waller's very notorious about not wanting to keep his horses on for more than they should. He's able to recognize when they've done their bit for racing and then send them off without their golden days fading too much, as he did with Winx. Um, the owners really wanted to keep Winx racing, but Wallace said, nah, no more. She's had her day in the sun. Why keep racing her and risk losing that race and ending the perfect streak, you know what I mean? And I think the same might happen here with Very Elegant because off the back of that ride, I wouldn't be sending her to the Arc de Triomphe in Europe. I reckon to be if she was going to go over and have a positive run in the Arc, she would need to be winning that Queen Elizabeth by three lengths tops and the fact that she ran like a busted Commodore, I wouldn't be taking her to Europe, would you, Nick? No, I wouldn't. It's too much of a risk, I'd say. I say either keep her running for another year or just get her out of it. She's a champion horse and um I'd like to see her go out on a high to be fair, so maybe that's what we what we need. Um but yeah, I reckon her time's almost up. But I I reckon sending her overseas wouldn't be very smart. Yeah, 100%. I, I think, you know, why send her overseas and get a, have her spanked and lose by 12 lengths and then bring her back and retire her? There's, like, I know the prize money's there, but really that ride and this prep in general has not been showing any positives for me that she'd be going really good over in Europe. So I think... I don't I don't think retire her. I think let her spell until spring. Let her have one more crack at the Melbourne Cup because that's her race now, in my opinion. The fact that she came out and ran like that in the Queen Elizabeth really said something to me, and that was I don't know why her um, prep wasn't surrounded by uh, into the Tancred, um, from the Tancred into the Sydney Cup, sorry, instead of the Ranvit into the um, Queen Elizabeth. 
to middle distance races and not pure staying races. She's a stayer now. She proved that by winning the Melbourne Cup by as um, as dominantly as she did. So I reckon if she was in that Tancred, she would have flown past Juice uh, up at Newcastle. And if she was in that Sydney Cup, I think she definitely would have been able to fly past uh, Knight's Order there. Nobody was able to touch Knight's Order. That's how slow they came out. And the fact that the leader was able to go all the way untouched proved. I think if Very Elegant was in that race, she would have started about $1.20 and she would have won as well. She's a dead set stayer. She can run all day. I think they should keep her on, have her one more one more prep in Australia and have her go out on a high note, one more crack at the Melbourne Cup. If she wins, it's a feel-good story. If she, you know, runs no good, then we know it's her time and the sun's done and she should head to the living, living legends paddock. But um, is, am I right in saying that, Nick, or do you think that she should just be purely retired? Um. Look, in my opinion, I feel like they probably should have ended her off um, after the Melbourne Cup, to be honest. Um, you can debate, yeah, she's still got a little bit left in the tank. She won some some good races in this autumn prep, but um, there's nothing left to prove for me. Um, she's won the pretty much every big race Australia's got, I'd say, almost all of them, all, almost all the good ones. I reckon Incentivise is going to be even better this year, where Incentivise is going to not lose a race this spring prep. I reckon they should have just retired her at the end of this last spring carnival, at the end of the end of the Melbourne Cup. I just don't see anything else she has to gain. You, you, you like to, I like to see horses get out on the top of their game, and not see them slowly um, downgrade and get get worse. So, in my opinion, I reckon they should have got rid of her. Yeah, it's it's a fair point. You know, Norm, you know me. I'm the biggest fan in the world of that horse. She's my winx. So I'd be usually dying on a hill saying. Racer, racer, racer. She's still the best in the world, which I think she is. But like you said, she doesn't really have much else to prove. So if she'd retired after the Melbourne Cup, fair enough. But they've kept her going now. The riding might be on the wall. I think they just need to see how she pulls up. And if she goes out to the paddock and just she doesn't respond at all well to any sort of, you know, track work. And I think that tells you what needs to be done and she should be retired. But yeah, I think they just need to come together, assess, see how she pulls up and see if she has one more prep in her. And if she does have one more prep in her, that's it. If she comes out next autumn and starts racing again, I'll be really disappointed because I think that, like you said, she's got nothing else to prove quickly. Do you think Animo should be retired or keep him racing? Uh, it's an interesting one, that one. Um, Animo, probably the most inconsistent horse that has the ability, in my opinion. Um, just never comes out and gets it gets it done in the big races. There's just as you seem to rule it out, you you can rule it back in kind of thing. So um depends what the earners wants. Um it's it's not been around long enough and won those big races where I care too much to to be hundred percent honest. Like very elegant. You you can make a debate about it and you can talk about it for a little bit, but Animo just um hasn't really has only won a couple of good races. Um if it gets Put to the stud, stud barn. Who gives a who gives a rat's ass? In my opinion. <laughs> oh well, fair enough. You know, it's it'll be like yeah. You make a good point. You know, very elegant goes to the retirement park. You go well. That's pretty sad. You know, one of the greats of the game is gone now. But if Animo goes to the um stud barn now, it's you know what what could have been. Uh, there have been many many horses headed to the stud barn. Um, in the last few years that we haven't really agreed with because we think they had more in them, but it is what it is, you know. You never quite know what they could have gotten up to. Like Ole Kirk, remember when he was at the top of his game and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, got announced that he was retiring and headed to the stud barn. 
it might end up being one of those sort of situations. But I guess it is what it is. It'll come out in the next few days, especially keep peeled on at the mock sports on Instagram. We'll be keeping you updated with all those major happenings within the world of racing. But you want to head on to the, uh, the rundown, Nick? Yeah, mate. Okay, let's head there. Attention punters, we have exciting news. Yes, we do. We are now on Dabble. Dabble is an Aussie-owned bookie that is absolutely changing the game of gambling. Any bets that we mention in this podcast, you can use their unique system of the copy bet feature to put the bet on yourselves with no time wasted. That's exactly right, Nico. We do the research for you, punters. We build the multis, and with the press of a single button, you can put our bets straight on. It's that easy. So you can go on the Dabble app and follow us at the Mock Sports and start winning with us this sporting season. Click the link in the show notes when signing up. Use the code the Mock Sports to let them know that we sent you. All right, punters, we're going to head into the rundown, but like always, for the final time this autumn, Cashy's track report. So it's All Age Stakes Day, final day of the carnival at Randwick. Of course, we're back at Randwick next weekend, but that is back to the benchmark level. Uh, track will finally get out of the heavy range if the weather forecast is to be believed. Should be around a soft six, soft seven, but the rail itself will be out eight metres from the 1,600 metres to the winning post, out five metres for the remainder. So what that means is leaders could have an absolute day out if they play their cards right. But, you know, we've seen how the track's played all autumn. It, or even with the uh, rail in the true position, it has been a leader's autumn. You have to be sitting within five lengths of the leader going around that bend to get it done. Um, so with this rail out even further, you, really, you'd, wanting, you'd want them to be within three, four lengths because it'll be very hard to make up ground. But there are a few going around on Saturday that could possibly get it done, and I'll touch on that later. So we move into race one, 1,200 metres, the highway. Highways are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Delavin going to try and push forward from the car park barrier with Bow Factor and Hardway, Hardware Lane to try and block him off. I'm going to be straight to the point here. Mr. Hustle is who I'm going to be on. Has some strong form behind Commando Hunt. And if you don't remember who Commando Hunt is, two weeks ago, Commando Hunt flashed late and almost stole the country championships from another one. So you think that reads well. Uh, Hustle goes decent on wet tracks. Should be peaking for this one third up. Just can't give them too big of a start going around the bend like I mentioned in the track report. $13 to win, $4 to place each way bet in the highway. I'm looking forward to finding out if this horse can prove that Commando Hunt form holds up, and I'll be on him in the highway. Yeah, very nice, mate. Um, yeah. We'll go with Mr. Hustle. $14 winner, $3.50. Backed it a couple of times. Um, Mr. Hustle looks too good in this one for me. Over Overpriced for this one in the, in, the, in the highway. So, yeah, that's for me. Lovely. Raise two, midway. Or should we say the Mock Sports race? Um, two of our big... Yes, it is. Highly desired, obviously, your horse, Cashy, and then different strokes, um, one of our mate Harrison's horse as well. Um, I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm gonna, I know you'll be on highly desired whether or not yep. it stays in the race. I'll, I'll go with strokes. That way we cover both our horses. Um, we won't talk about much else. There's not too much that sticks out to me in this race. Really, maybe a yeah. each way play on Zorro Cat for me, but, um, yeah, got to back our boys in. Yeah, honestly, it's... That's stuff dreams are made of. One and two. Mock one and two. Right at the top of the race book. 
highly desired, different strokes. The only sad thing is we're both coming out the 19th and 18th barriers. God, they hate our horses when we come to the city, don't they? We're both at $10 to win and $2.70 to place each way, but whether or not we actually go ahead and run remains to be seen because with those barriers, we could definitely have one of them or even both of them scratched, but we'll be keeping you updated throughout the week, punters. Um, we all know how highly desired went last time it was in the city, ran like a busted donkey, couldn't get over from the wide barrier, so that's what scares us about this wide barrier, but, you know, you never really know with this horse, it might come out and come dead last one start and come out and blitz the next one, it's happened many times throughout its career, a lot of those eight wins have come off poor runs previously, so definitely going to have to have an each way bet on it. Anyway, and last time Different Strokes was in the city was that horrible run in the four pillars where it was the favourite, but didn't come anywhere near the finish. Hopefully it bounces back, but like we said, we'll keep you updated uh, going into it if they actually do run, but highly desired and Different Strokes each way plays for the mocks in the midway, the mock midway. Uh, we move on to race three. At uh, 2,000 metres, Inverell and Maurice's Madad most likely were the ones to set the pace. New gun on the block, straight Aaron to try and flash past them at the finish. Straight Aaron is one of those horses that can definitely get it done from the back, like I alluded to earlier. I think it's a Group 1 horse in the making. Calling it now, it will win a Group 1 in the future. So I, I reckon whack it in your multis. It's a multi-banker. Definitely not a horse that you'd be backing to win at those odds, though. Currently at... um. Actually, no, it's gotten up to $2, so if you want to have a bet on it to win, definitely have a crack, but if it, I reckon you'll be getting about $1.50, $1.60 come jump time, so if you want to be getting on it, getting on it now, um, but I'd rather be taking a play at Jalmari. Sticking with him after last start, really liked the way he fought to the finish and kept that last start within three lengths of uh, um, straight Aaron. The last time they went head-to-head, -head. I think the 2,000 metres is a big tick mark. He should get through the ground easily. Uh, best bet is for place or the Quinella behind Aaron. As I mentioned, Aaron probably gets up and wins this, but you'd love an upset victory at the $12 to win $3.40 to place odds better going each way on a horse like this than backing in a uh, less than $2 horse and straight Aaron. Are you with me, Nick, or are you thinking somewhere else? Um, I really like something else in my opinion. I'm going to go with Raging Bull. Um, Sam Clipperton on board, $12 winner and $3.20 for a place. Just hasn't looked anything too good in this first three races, but um, fourth up is one from one. So I think should be coming down here. 2,000 metres should suit a bit nicer. Um, just been racing at the 1,600 and then the 2,400. So you lo I like it in the middle here, 2,000 metres for Raging Bull. Uh, I don't mind it in the third, $12. Fair enough. Fair enough. Race four, or do we skip that one? Hip off, my friend. That is the Champagne Stakes. I'll... Head straight into race five, uh, straight to the point. Um, you can't convince me to believe in Espiona. Even if she wins here, she's nowhere near as good as her fans think she is. Everyone was saying she was the next big thing. I think she's the next big bust. She is, you know, of course you can have excuses for her last few races and she drops way down in class here, so she really should be winning. But still at $1.75, I'm not jumping in on a horse that has shown me nothing in the past that makes me think that I should be backing it at those odds. It's not Winks. Stop giving it, stop giving it Winks odds. 
Um, I'm with Comrade Rosa instead. Beat a few subsequent winners first up before running some nice late sectionals behind Group 3 Company a couple weeks ago where only the winner Heresy was faster home. So that was at the 1,200 metre mark on a bottomless deck. She'll get better track conditions with a soft track here and the extra 200 metres to chase down. I think she's one of the few backmarkers that could get up today. $9.50 to win, $2.25 to place. Comrade Rosa for me in the fifth yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm going with Espiona. Um, drops down in grade. It's going to be too good. $1.75. Not worth a bet, but yeah, it is what it is. Heading to race six, we have the 1,200 metres Tab Hall Mark Stakes. Um, some good horse in this one. Big Parade is a horse that has is, is really proven it to me, and um, I'm not going to really say too much else because I really like this horse. It's a it's a great horse, and I think that it's going to be Going to be winning this one down in down in grade by a lot. Big parade, a dollar eighty for the win. Yeah, I agree with you. I have a love hate relationship when it comes to big parade. Long term listeners of the podcast will know that I have been on this horse or off this horse um, for a very very long time. I was on it when it went on an absolute tear. Then it started racing like a donkey, and I absolutely tore it to shreds on the podcast and said that its day was done. And then it came out and won by like four lengths next start and made me look very, very silly. So, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on oh, shame on you. I think that's the way it goes. Uh, I won't be getting fooled again. I won't be betting on it unless the price goes over $2. Otherwise, I'll just be watching it. But my tip is definitely Big Parade to win. Uh, we move on to race seven, the 2,000 metres sharp extensive plate. Um... Harmony Rose and Cryptogram to head to the front and try and lead the whole way. Numerian and Brutality to be coming from the rear, as well as my tip, Ice Bath. I like Ice Bath out to the 2,000 metres, finally gets to a distance that matches her ability to flash late and chase on. I think quite often the case with Ice Bath has been that it chased hard, ran through the line excellently, but just couldn't find that leading pack before the end of the race. And now that she gets that extra distance to really dig her toes in and fight out to the finish, I think she's going to uh, run completely past them in the final straight. And like I discussed last week, she's the uh, seven-day backup queen. She absolutely loves the backup. Every time she's done it, she's placed in a group one race. I think uh, with the drop back in grade, up in distance, plus that seven-day backup, she'll get it done here. I think she'll swim to a win at uh, $4 to win on Ice Bath. Yeah, fair enough. Um, in my opinion, I, I reckon the track's going to get a bit nicer. Um, I don't think it'll be a heavy track. I reckon it'll be a soft track, and I reckon Polly Gray will be the one for me. $5.50 and just has really good wet track record, even on the soft track. Um, Polly Gray just seems to be the one for me. Um, do you do you disagree with that? I think it's not, not a... I, I don't disagree. She's a swimmer. The two swimmers are go one and two, Ice Bath and Polly Gray. So if it stays wet, even if it is a soft, you'd think those two would be up the top. Yeah, that's it. Um, we skip race eight. Yes. Um, get to race nine, Cash. Uh, yeah, straight to the point with this one. I think Huerta and Taksu are the two red-hot chances if they get in the race, but unfortunately they're stuck in the emergencies at the moment, so a fair few horses have to scratch for them to get into it, and I don't think many horses will scratch going into this one considering it's going to be a better track. 
Um, you know, the last few weeks, of course, have been attacked by scratchings, but that's been on bottomless 12s. This one, like we discussed, will most likely be in the soft margin. So they've just got to get into the race. If they get into the race, I'll definitely be having a play on them. But for now, my tip is Art Cadeau. We all know how much I love Art Cadeau. Um, returned really, really well. At the end of its last prep, there was warning signs. It might have been headed for retirement after it went ninth in the Golden Cup that everyone thought it was going to blitz. Then it uh, came out and ran completely dead last uh, by over 13 lengths um, in its next start. Um, only time it's ever not, you know, run top three on a wet track. But came out first up at Newcastle, was only two lengths off the winner in Gemsong and Exo Boom. Um, ran really, really well for my mind. Ran through the line nicely in a group three race as well. I think he'll appreciate the rise to 14 really, really well, um, only been out of the placings once at this distance. Loves racing at Randwick. It is his favourite track. Tr- its favourite track by far. And thirteen dollars to win and three dollars sixty to place just seems overs for me. Nick, are you also on our boy Art Cadeau? Are you going somewhere else? Yeah, Art Cadeau here. Um, should be too strong. Not going to say too much. You covered it all for me. Heading to race 10, 1200 meters, the final one with the benchmark eighty-eight. Um, not too much sticks out for me. The favourite. Mao Tai is, uh, is a pretty good horse, paying $4 for the win, so can respect a bet on it. Um, more profits, uh, a horse that's not in this race. Was that the last race? My bad. My bad. Samut, sorry. <laughs> Samut, um, good horse that um, I can respect a bet on at $12. Uh, but I'm going to be with April Rain here. Um, back to pretty much its whole last spell and didn't get a win. Um, but I reckon it should, after the rest, it should come back pretty nicely. So $6 for the win and $2 for a place. April rain for me in the last. Yeah, I do like it coming back to Sydney. Um, uh, I think that'll really uh, treat it well. It's a Sydney-based horse and coming back from Melbourne, horses usually do prefer to be back into their home state. You see it quite often. Um, but uh, with that in mind... I'm going to be with much, much better. You know, where it's the last tip I'll be giving on a Randwick track for the season. I may as well go out with a bang. So the $41 to win, the $11 to place, much, much better. Long-time listeners of the podcast will know how much I like this horse. Um, if if you want some form for it, it beat Paternal in a trial, and Paternal uh, was quite, has been quite good lately despite pulling up with a uh, heart problem last start, so forgive that form there. Also has previously beat Gravina. Great horse there. We all know how good Gravina is. Also beaten Brutality, which is a group-level horse um, at the moment. Also ran behind Montefilia last year, which is the best form probably you could take out of this, despite Montefilia's poor showing in the Queen Elizabeth. We saw her beat Queen, um, very elegant, very convincingly at Rose Hill, two starts back. So I think that's great form. Shocked to see it go up at $41 to win and $11 to place, despite the fact that it um, loves the first up run as well. Um, if it is in the heavy range, probably wouldn't be backing it, but I don't think it will be. If it's in the soft, it does like to run in the soft. So yeah, much, much better. Brock Ryan on board, Gary Moore trained, $41 to win, $11 to place if it gets up. Way to go out on a high, I reckon. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Well, that concludes the final Randrick rundown for the autumn season. Let's head into this tip-off, Nicholas. Nicholas, my friend, are you tired of the big bookies keeping you down? Yes, I am. Well, what if I told you there was an Aussie-owned bookie out there and they would keep your best interests at heart? 
You're kidding. There can't be. Well, with PlayUp, you can get access to some of the best quality customer service that I have ever seen from a bookie. Don't tell me there's a link in our Instagram bio to sign up with. Oh, you bet there is, Nico. Head to the show notes or in the link in our Instagram bio and you can sign up with PlayUp today and you can start getting access to not only amazing customer service, but also a wide range of incredible weekly promotions and offers. Tell them we sent you and they will look after you unlike the big bookies. All right. The great tip-off. If we had dramatic music to play, we would. We are completely tired, Nick. We are down to the wire here. It all comes down to this. I don't think we've ever found ourselves in this position. We are both tied on 30 points. You have five wins, uh, six runner-ups, and three thirds. I have five wins, five runner-ups, and five thirds. And that sees us on 30 points a place with two races to go. We'll start off with the Champagne Stakes, the two-year-olds. And there is one very, very short price favourite, and I'm anxious to see if you've gone with it or not. Who have you gotten why in the Champagne uh, look, uh, I'm going. I'm going safe here. Fireburn is the option that I, I feel like in this. It's it's going to be the winner. Um, I do respect a, a bet on Williamsburg, and I probably will have some money on Williamsburg. However, Fireburn is just you, you can't get off it at the moment. It's a hot horse. Um, just give it some respect. I know it's paying a dollar fifty, but it should win. Yeah, fair enough. And so you've gone the dollar fifty favorite, and if it gets up, you will go ahead going into the all age stakes. So it's tense, but um, I've had it. I had it written down here. Uh, Fireburn or She's Extreme, go whoever the opposite is to make it interesting. So I'll be on She's Extreme. Uh, Tommy Berry Ridden uh, has met Fireburn three times now. Has been beaten by Fireburn every single time, but has come second to it twice. So. It's a, a bit of a rivalry forming between these ones. It's going to be interesting. I think they'll fight out the finish again like they seem to do every single time. just depends who gets their nose in front in the end. Both are going to be able to get through the conditions, no doubt. Uh, both should be able to run out the distance. You know, the first time they've seen a mile, these horses, you know, who knows? Maybe Fireburn rocks up on the day and she's just a, um, she's just a sprinter. She's not a middle-distance horse, and maybe she's extreme, prefers the middle distance, you know? That's the the great unknown when it comes to the two-year-olds when they start to step out to these longer distances as they've been sprinting their whole life up until this point. But, uh, yeah, I think the winner's either going to be Fireburn or She's Extreme. Like you said, Williamsburg, definitely a uh, respectable bet. Probably whack that in for your trifecta. But, yeah, I'll be on She's Extreme in the champagne. And now, finally, it's all come down to this, the all-age stakes, race eight, the final group one in Sydney for the autumn who have you got and why, Nick? Oh, it's a tough one here. I look like an absolute donut here for going for the favourites in both these races, but Forbidden Love, oh. I've backed Forbidden Love in every single race that's run this prep, and I can't hop off it now. So, yeah, Forbidden Love, just absolute beast of a horse right now. Won three on the trot, came fourth um, Two weeks ago to, or maybe last, no, to, yeah, two weeks ago in the um in the big race. So yeah, it's got to be forbidden love for me. I got to stick with it. I'm sorry. That's straight out lie, Nicholas. I've backed at every start. Can't jump off now. I love forbidden love. You backed on Thunderstruck in the Doncaster. 
Oh, yeah, my bad. All right. I backed it every start except for the, the one that didn't win. So that makes it even more reason to back it. Well done. You're fair enough. You did, you did get you did get points from I'm Thunderstruck, and that's why you're here today. But still, I just wanted to call you out. Don't don't pretend. Don't, don't, you can't get one past me, Nicholas. Don't try and put one over our loyal listeners. But, um, yeah, real hard one. They've certainly saved one of the better races for last. You know, you can make a case for just about all of them. Cascadian, Mwanga, Ellsberg gets back to um, a preferred distance and gets back to the conditions probably prefers more in a better barrier as well. Law of Indices looks overs at $30. Uh, Tafane is in this one, Sierra Sue. So, yeah, a few Melbourne um, horses coming up to try their luck. In the Congo, also been really, really good lately. Um, you know, good, that great form behind Marzu has the good form behind Shelby 66 as well. And when we're talking about Shelby 66, oh my goodness, you'd probably think I'd be on punters, but no, I'm no longer on the Shelby 66 train. Not because I don't think she's up to the task, uh, he's up to the task, sorry, but I just don't, it's going to be a soft, has never won on the soft, runner up many, many times, but we've learned it's, Heavy or nothing with this horse, in my opinion. It'll run out the distance, no worries. But I'm just really confused why it's running here when it pulled up lame in the TJ Smith. That's why it didn't really go well in the TJ Smith. It it pulled up lame, so I would have thought it would go to the, the spell, the paddock after this. So, I mean, if it comes out and wins, I'll be so, so happy to, to see it get up and win another group one. That would be amazing, but... I don't know, a weird one from the camp for sending him here after pulling up lame, but cuts to the chase, I'm going to be jumping off Shelby 66, jumping off Ellsberg, and I'm going to be on Moanga. Comes back to Sydney after a trip down to Melbourne for the spring, and first up uh, this autumn was second to Sierra Sioux, Right at the start of the carnival, all the way back 26th of February. I think that was our first week of the potty. I think I might have even tipped it there as well and gotten my first points. But, um, yeah, Tommy Berry back on board. Horse, he knows well. Uh, we'll get through the conditions. We'll get through the um, distance for sure. Um, yeah, there's not much else you can say. It's just one of those horses that's a measure of consistency with this sort of grade. Um one group one at the distance and the track and the conditions, like I said, it's just all green ticks. That's all I'm saying. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and uses those fresh legs compared to all the other horses that have been running on bottomless Sydney tracks and busting their guts for the whole prep. I'm going for fresh legs here with Moanga. $6 to win, $2.10 to place for me in the final race of the tip-off. <sighs> oh, you're tired, mate. Did I put you to sleep with my rundown? I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick. We concluded the tip-off. We head to around the grounds for the final time this season. Have you found anything around Australia? Uh, on the Friday night over at Sour Race 6, uh, Lombardo paying $5 for the win. Good horse. Backed it a couple of times around the grounds. Um, Ayrton. $2.60 for the win. Caulfield race eight. Uh, good horse in the black book as well. Um, Cooper, who are your around the ground tips today? Okay, punters. Uh, I'd just like to apologize for last week's absolute howler. Uh, hopefully I can get on the board here. Uh, first on Friday, 
race sale race eight number six so you see fit also the win uh then we move to saturday caulfield race five number 10 dazzling lucy seven dollars fifty and two dollars sixty the place uh go and play each way here uh then race eight of course caulfield uh number nine ayrton two dollars sixty to win just quality quality horse um eagle farm race seven number one uh it released the beans currently six bucks and two dollars a place uh go each way here if you can get it at this at two dollars place um guessing cash will probably go green belt here but this this horse is just an absolute quality three-year-old um and then the final one ascot race six number seven apple schnapps um no prices yet but just monitor this one here thanks coops cashy who do you have he's back i love him uh, <laughs> uh we gotta make him a regular feature i reckon we get him on every week in the spring Cooper's best bet. But um, uh, you went Lombardo on Friday night. I've gone in the boat. Um, just a horse that loves to get to the front and dig all the way to the line and hold them off. I think he'll do the exact same. Um, Eagle Farm race six. Uh, uh, um, always sure. $8 to win, $2.60 to place each way for a horse that comes up from Sydney. Love a Sydney horse that goes travelling. Like I said earlier, I love it when they come back, but I do love a horse from Sydney that goes out and tries to beat other states. I think the form holds up. Uh, Eagle Farm Race 7, Greenbelt, tried to tip it last week. It got scratched because of the bottomless track. Goes up looking for a good track, which it will find at Eagle Farm. $2.80 to win there. Caulfield Race 3, point to pay in. Came out and blitzed them by five lengths last start at Bendigo. I reckon has a big future ahead of it. Would like to see it do the same here. So that's what I've found around the grounds. Um, we move in to the final quaddy. Nick, who have we got in the first two races? Uh, in the first two races, let me just get it up, sorry. Um, first two races, we have Ice Bath, Polly Gray, Maximal, and Maroney. Race 8, we've got Ellsberg, Mawanga, Forbidden Love, and Tafane. And who do we have? 9-10. Race 9, we've got our tip, Art Cadeau. Then, of course, the emergencies I mentioned in Taxu and Huerta and more profits, as you mentioned earlier, Nick, as well. Race 10, we've got my Ruffy, much, much better. The favourite, Matwai. Um, I'd never say that horse's name right. I apologise. Uh, your tip, April Rain. And then some more value there with Lancaster Bomber. And $50 will get you 19.5%. And hopefully, we go out on a high and get the final quaddy of the season. We were much better with the quaddies this season, weren't we, Nick? Yeah, we, we hit a couple, um, which is good to see. So, yeah, obviously it's in our name. So Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing when we only got like one or two out of 15 <laughs> in the spring. But, yeah, much more consistent this uh, this season with the uh, the quaddies. And, uh, well, that's pretty much it, Nick. Have we got anything we want to say to the listeners before we sign off for the final time until we're back in spring? No, I'm sweet. Um, enjoy the off season get into some footy multis um other than that stay safe do what you got to do have some fun have a good one yes as nick mentioned we might be saying goodbye for now with the racing but you can still catch some quality mock action every single week on spotify soundcloud and apple podcast with our afl podcast fair bump play on if you're into the afl afl punting and just Footy in general, we talk footy, uh, footy, footy, footy punting, footy news, footy tips, everything footy, you can find it there in that podcast, so definitely check that out if it sounds like your go, but 
from the both of us from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much for the support you've sent our way for the Quaddy Potty this season. We just keep getting bigger and better, and it's all thanks to you guys. So tell your friends about us. The more of you that jump on board with us early, the more we'll be able to give back to you in the end. We've got big, big plans for the Mock brand over the next six months into a year if we continue to keep going on with it, with which at this point looks like we will because the more love you send our way makes us want to do it more and more. It's all for you guys, so thank you so much for the support. As Nick said, uh, enjoy the racing this week. Enjoy the winter racing. Go easy. Don't gamble as heavily as you did this autumn because it is much, much harder to find some decent horses running around, but we will see you back a bright and early first race of the spring carnival to get you back into winning form for the horse racing. So until then, punters, we'll see you for now. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes.